are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Your word. 
in this place this morning, Lord, we sing the praises of the one who took our place on the cross. And we worship you, Jesus, for who you are. I was lost. I was in chains. The world had a hold on me. My heart was a stone. I was covered in shame when he came for me.
this place. We create an atmosphere of worship in this house today. Oh, we worship the true and living God. Together from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Right here on the earth. We lift up our voices together. Come on, just lift your voice. Worship the King of Kings. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making a way. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. If you've been looking, for something to satisfy you or fulfill you or touch you 
Look no further than my presence. For in my presence there is fullness of joy. And in my presence there are pleasures forevermore. So come, come into my presence and experience my love. Experience my grace. Let me wrap my arms of love around you and hold you close to me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that believers, we can come into the presence of God. We ought to make frequent visits to the Holy of Holies. That's the most holy place in the universe. We have been given access to that place through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Pastor Nelson is going to come and lead us into communion. It's communion day today. Stay connected in faith. Stay hooked up believing God. You know, you can be healed having communion. One preacher called this the meal that heals. Hallelujah. Because it's representative of all that Jesus Christ did for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good morning. That is an awesome day. It is communion day. So I'm asking you to go back and get your bread and your juice a while, and then we'll start. Yes. We have a Holy Father, a great Son. We have the Holy Spirit who brings the fire and the rain. And we thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. You're a holy, 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 holy. Thanking you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. We want more, more, more and more. Yes. Fire, fire, fire. Bring it in, Father. Yes, Father. You are glorious. You're mighty. You are worthy. Thanking you, Jesus. Thanking you, Father. It is a great day, for you have made it, Father. We praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're just thanking you. You are, there's no one greater than you. You are magnificent. You are mighty, but you are the great I am. You are the beginning and the end. We thank you, Lord. So we're heading to Ephesians 5, 1. It says, therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well. Beloved children, imitate their father. And John 6, 51 says, I am the, the, the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I would give is my, my flesh, which I will give for you the life of this world. And so the Lord's Supper is much more than just a religious tradition. 
This symbolizes everything that Jesus did for us at Calvary. As we partake of the cup, representing the blood, you're remembering that Jesus delivered us from sin. And when you eat the bread, representing the body, you're acknowledging the physical and spiritual torment that Jesus endured to deliver us from worry, care, fear, sickness, disease, and every part of the curse. And we are healed, and we are redeemed, and we are delivered from the authorities of the darkness. Because Jesus is the highest authority we have. And he gave us, we are the head and not the tail, and we are above and not beneath. And we will prosper in all things. And we praise you, Jesus. Yes. So in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take and eat. And after the same manner, he took the cup. He stepped from it and saying, this is the cup, this is the New Testament in my blood. This is you do as often as you drink it. Remember some me, so take and drink. So, Father, we thank you for having such a wonderful plan sending your son down for us so we can be with you for eternity. And we praise you, Jesus, for being willingly to do this for us so we can be with you and we can walk with you and learn from you. So we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. We praise you. Amen. God is good to us. Amen. You know what? Let's just do something before we get into our confession. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. For purchasing my redemption. For purchasing my redemption. My healing is included in there. My healing is included in there. Therefore, I am healed. Therefore, I am healed. Because of what you did on the cross. Because of what you did on the cross. I am the healed. I am the healed. I am whole. I am whole. From head to toe. From head to toe. In and out. In and out. All around. All around. I'm healed. I'm healed. Completely. Completely. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to speak the word of God, and we're going to make our confession about God's strength and power. Let's make our confession. The The Lord Lord is our strength, strength, might, and power. We praise and exalt him. The creator of heaven and earth does not become tired or grow weary. If we are weary, God gives us strength and increases our power. As we wait on the Lord, we receive strength and our power is replenished. With the Lord's strength, we will run and not become weary. And we we will will walk and not grow tired. 
we will carry out the Lord's will. God's grace is sufficient for every challenge, and his power is perfected in us. We have Christ's power abiding in us. We boldly decree that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We do all things right in his sight. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are ready for anything because we are infused with the Lord's power and might. The Lord is our rock and our fortress, and he rescues us from troubles. We trust in him. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's great to see each of you here. God bless you. Jesus loves you. And so do we. We're glad you're in the house of God today here at Victory. And I have a few announcements. Do, do, do. Um, first, this Friday is Woven, our monthly Woven meeting. It's the last regular woven meeting until September because April is the conference. April 21st and 22nd is the women's conference um, that Woven sponsors with Dr. Fiona Pishka, our very own, in the house, and Patty Akui, who's coming from the South Pacific. She's a RAMA director. She's a Raymond director in the South Pacific. She has like a very cool ministry of going from island to island and telling people the good news about Jesus to the uttermost parts of the earth. So she's coming here to us. We're an uttermost part of the earth. <laughs> For her coming from the islands, right? <laughs> that's quite a travel. And so that's April 21st and 22nd. That's by donation. That's how you secure your ticket because... We're going to fill the place, so we want to make sure we reserve a spot for you. You can go online to vcfpa.org, and you can get your ticket that way. That's for ladies, ages 12 and up. So girls 12 and older, you're included in the women's conference. Okay, so that's the women ministry that we have. And then next Wednesday... We've been saying save the date. Next Wednesday, March 22nd, we're having another Rama director. I keep thinking of another word. That's why I'm like, oh, it's not the right word. Rama director, Reverend Shushio Kumar, is coming to us from India. So you want to be here next Wednesday for sure. Bring some friends. And he comes with the power of God flowing. And he has a heart to minister the word of God to people. And I believe his wife's going to join him this time. She wasn't here last time he was here, so we'll get to meet his wife, Monica, I believe is her name, Monica. So um, we're excited to, to meet her. And then, let's see, do, do, do. 
Okay, one more special announcement. Bless the Children Home is an, the orphanage in Guyana that Dr. Fiona is in, in charge of. What's your official title? President. She is the president of Bless the Children Home. She inherited from her parents who began this um, ministry. And there are new flyers. They look like this folded up, but they open up like a flyer, you know, threefold, which I, I can do this. Nice and shiny. It gives you more information for those who um, want to know. And you can take these and share them with coworkers, your family members. Let them know about the ministry. There's how many children? 27 children and a great staff that's taking care of them. So um, the reason we're bringing this up often is there is um, they had the bridge fund, the bridge project where they needed to build a bridge to get um, equipment over on the piece of land they had. So that's, that project is completed and funds are still coming in to pay for that. And then the next project was the fence behind the home. It was falling down. And they discovered the reason why is because a canal of water, when it would flood in the rainy season, was eroding the soil away, which is close to the back wall of the building. Thus, emergency fix this before the rainy season in april so praise the lord he quickens all things for our good and so the work has already begun and we are asking you to participate that's our word participate participate by planting your financial seed into this ministry you can do you can designate your giving as um for the fence project or the bridge project, or you can just give a general donation and share this with people you know so that they they can participate. And you can you can go to online for those that can't see me waving this, but I know they're showing it up there, but they have a website, blessthechildrenhome.org. Very simple, right? And you can you can donate from there. How'd I do? <laughs> oh, thank you for your encouragement. <laughs> okay, those are the special announcements. Today is Sunday, so we have service here today. And then Tuesday is our youth ministry called New Generation Air Force. We meet every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m., and that's ages 12 through 25. And then we have, do, 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 oh, Tuesday in the afternoon, this, we have this generation. That's a middle school program that we just started in September. We're like almost approaching the end of the school year. Can you believe that? You're going to be like going to the next grade level. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at me like, don't talk about school and church, please. Anyways, for those that aren't <laughs> in middle school, they're coming here for an hour a day from um, 1.25 to 2.25 p.m., and that's growing, and we're reaching into that school. 
And then Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing. That happens at 6.30. And that's a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. And Thursdays, we minister to two of our four elementary schools. We minister to the third through fifth graders from Forge and Northside. And they come here separate times, but all together, it's like from 12.30 to 2.30, somewhere around there. So if you want to participate, you can by letting us know, either Miss Chris or myself or the church office, Miss Lisa, and we will get you in a place where you can minister the love of Jesus to our students in our community. So that's Thursday, praise the Lord. And then Friday's woven, I mentioned that. Saturday, and then we'll be back here Sunday, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, I'm finished. <laughs> I wanted to follow up and give an update on Blessed Children Home, the fund I mentioned on Wednesday night here uh, um, that we, you know, this was a desperate situation, but I, God has it. I just had to give the okay. And so far, the, the project is projected to be 12500 U.S. dollars, which is in the millions in Guyana. Um, and so to date, we are $3,400 away from meeting that goal. Isn't that awesome? So thank you. Uh, the folks here gave the biggest boost to that amount and I'm very grateful for that so we're $3,400 away from the back fence is what I'm calling it emergency back fence project I depleted most of what I had stored up in savings to build the bridge so everything that comes in will be funding again you know because I always want to have projected monies ahead so we can pay the staff we can pay for food and all that stuff that goes into taking care of kids I want to thank Miss Lisa for putting this together, by the way. Didn't she do a good job? You look at it, and you'll see. So uh, one of the things I realized as, as uh, Pastor Nadine was giving the announcements, we are, this church, you guys, we have a big focus on kids. And so I think that's something we should think about. You know, when you pray, pray for the kids, because we're doing an international touching of children. And uh, and we have the ability to help train the next generation in the way they should go because in most cases they're not able to get that training at home. So while we lift up the parents and grow them up in the Lord, we can go right under and lift up the kids and grow them up so there's no gap, you know. And so that's what we're doing at the orphanage. Uh, my last conversation with some of the staff, I hired two new staff while I was there uh, in January. And... I didn't realize I'm so happy this was a great added bonus of who they are. They are intercessors. So they started praying. They're having like revival at the orphanage. I love it. So <laughs> lots of changes are happening there. Um, God's getting rid of things and adding things. And so that's my job to make sure that I don't block it. So I say yes. And the Lord provides. Amen. But I thank you guys for all of your participation. And some of you are monthly partners with us, which I appreciate. That sets the base and gives us a foundation to work from. So if you'd like to consider that, you could take one of these shared with your coworkers and, um, and be a blessing to kids around the world. Amen. 
Amen. We're in the business of blessing people. And um, one thing you need to know about Rama is uh, they have their main school and headquarters in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, but then they have 280 schools in 50 different countries. And um, all of the schools, all the 280 schools get the same teaching. So uh, last year I, um, I ministered at uh, Pastor Sushil's uh, school. I taught uh, two courses for a week. I spoke for 25 hours uh, with an interpreter, and uh, I sweat like crazy. <laughs> but it was good. So, you know, Rama is touching the world, and uh, they are continuing to train people and teach people faith. And uh, it's an incredible thing. And they really expanded in the last 15 years. Uh, the school has been around since 1974. I graduated in 1992, and we have three of our uh, members that are, are, four of our members actually, that are attending there now. And uh, so, praise God for Rama. Amen. I just want to read a uh, Bible verse to you from Mark chapter 6 and uh, verse uh, 37. Mark 6 and verse 37. And if you're uh, visiting with us today, we just want to say welcome to you. Good to have you. If you see someone that you've never seen before, go up and say hi. Welcome them. And uh, so uh, in Mark chapter 6, verse, uh, well, let's read uh, verse 35. Mark 6, verse 35. It says, uh, when the day was now uh, far spent... His disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and already the hour is late. Everybody say a desolate place. Doesn't sound like there's too much things there, right? So the disciples had this idea in verse 36. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. But I like Jesus' response, verse 37. But he answered and said, you give them something to eat. You know, God looks to his people to support his kingdom. All right? And uh, they they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? You know, it wasn't wasn't a second thought. They said, you know, we got this money. Should we go buy this much? And, uh, And give them something to eat. And then he said, how much do you, how many loaves do you have? You know, God doesn't look to what you don't have. He looks to what you have. You know, God, God will never ask you to give something that you don't have. He will only ask you to give something that you have. And uh, they, you know, they, we know the story. They had a, a couple loaves and some fish, right? And uh, they got that into the hands of Jesus. That's like giving it into the kingdom. But when you gave it into the kingdom, what happened to those loaves and fish? It multiplied, it fed the multitudes, and there was abundance left over. So whenever you give into the kingdom, like a project like Blessed Children Home, and uh, this church is a monthly supporter of that work, uh, God's going to multiply that. Amen? And he will get it back to you because God's good. So here we don't pass a container in our giving. Those wooden containers that you see by our bookstore, and as you came in, 
Uh, those are where you can put your seed anytime during the service. You can give. And uh, if you're watching online, you can give through our website. You can give through our bookstore, bookstore as well. Father, I, I give you thanks and praise. Lord, it is such a joy to give because you gave us everything. And Lord, you are such a giver, and we celebrate your giving as we give, Lord. And we're just honored and blessed to be able to give into your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, that you bless us in return. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. There's envelopes there and stuff. All right. We have kids' life, kids living in faith every day. We got some kids that are learning about faith. Amen. So, kids, we want to dismiss you at this time. Go have a great class. Thank you for our teachers and volunteers. Hallelujah. Well, you all ready for the word this morning? If you value the word of God, say amen. amen. I love the word. I became a Bible junkie a long time ago, and I don't regret one bit of it. Hallelujah. God put a word in my heart this morning, actually this week, for this morning. And it was the word mercy. And today I want to just talk to you about enjoying the benefits of mercy. You know, our God is a merciful God. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. When you woke up today, there was a fresh batch of mercy available to anyone who wants it, anyone who needs it. But you gotta, you got to come to Jesus to get it. You know, it just, mercy just doesn't fall on you like the rain on the grass. But you have to receive it. You have to access it. So I, I want to give you kind of a an overview today about some of the benefits of mercy. It's a very powerful word, and uh, we're going to see what the Bible says about this wonderful gift of God, the gift of mercy. You know, how many has ever had a debt paid off or a debt canceled? Isn't that a good feeling? You know, I remember when we got to this church, uh, we didn't know anything about the church. I had to learn the history as I go. But uh, they had a $93,000 mortgage that they had taken out, and that was to pave the parking lot. And so when I got here, um, there was that debt that this church had. And uh, praise the Lord, we were able to pay extra every time. And uh, in 2009 or 11, we paid it off. And we, we had a mortgage-burning ceremony. And that was a good feeling. You know, to know that your debts have been canceled or have been wiped out or have been done away with and you don't owe that thing anymore, you're not obligated to that thing anymore, that's mercy. Mercy is a debt canceler. I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 25. And we're going to begin here with uh, verse uh, 17. And uh, we sang about entering into the Holy of Holies. Well, this was an item that was in the Holy of Holies, right? It was 
something that God showed Moses to build, and he built it, and he had it set up. And in Exodus chapter 25, verse 17, and uh, God is, is talking about the Ark of the Testimony, and he says, You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Everybody say pure gold. You know, mercy isn't cheap. It's valuable. It's the most valuable thing that God gives. This mercy seat, which covered the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the commandments that Moses wrote, I mean that God wrote on the stone, it contained a pot of manna, and it contained um, Aaron's rod that budded, and uh, this Ark was the symbol of God's presence. But what covered the Ark was this mercy seat, and uh, we have a picture here uh, of the mercy seat, if you could uh, pull that up. Okay, this is the covering, right? And I want you to keep that up while I'm reading this scripture, okay? So he, God told Moses to make a mercy seat. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half shall be its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Those are the angels, right, that are on the top of it. And uh, of hammered work. Uh and you shall, you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it one piece with the mercy seat. So this was one big slab of gold. And they made the lid and then they hammered out these uh, cherubim. Cherub is singular. Cherubim is plural. Now, these were the guardians of God's presence. Remember when uh, Adam got kicked out of the garden? What did God put? He put a cherub there with a flaming sword that went every direction. He protected the presence of God. And these angels are covering God's covenants with man. Right? They're, and they're, this is the top of the mercy seat. Okay? And... Uh, he said, one, one of the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, overlaying the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another, and the faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. So when the angels have their wings stretched out, they're looking down at the mercy seat. Okay? And uh, verse 21, you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And look at verse 22. This is powerful. And there I will meet with you. You know, when, when God wants to meet with you, he meets with you in mercy. He meets with you with forgiveness. He meets with you with loving kindness and unconditional love. That's how God meets with you. That's how God begins relationship with you. Right? He said, there I will meet with you from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. All right, let's go to the next one. Yeah, there's the whole thing. That's the top sitting on the ark of the covenant. And they could only carry this thing with poles. Four guys would carry the, pole, the, carry the ark on their shoulders. Now, this whole thing weighed about 680 pounds. Anywhere between 600 to 700 pounds with all the, the wood, all the gold, all the, the pure gold on top, right? 
And uh, you're talking about just the mercy seat, $1.3 million of today's terms. I looked it up. Uh, gold was about eight, $1,838 an ounce. This was about $1.3 million. Everybody say $1.3 million. That's just one item. One lid. A $1.3 million lid. Mercy isn't cheap. Because this was made out of pure gold. Good gold. Beautiful. You know, the closer you got to God's presence, the more expensive things got. You started out with bronze and you worked your way into pure gold. All right? So a mercy seat. It's about 45 inches long, 27 inches wide. And mercy flows out of God's presence. This was the place where he spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend from the mercy seat. Hallelujah. God is not going to meet you for the very first time out of judgment. He is going to meet you out of mercy. And this is the mercy seat. Because mercy flows out of God's presence. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. You're going to be hearing a lot of scripture today, obviously. Nothing new here at VCF. Right? So mercy flows out of God's presence. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. Hebrews 2 and verse 17. Therefore... In all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Say, my God is a merciful and faithful high priest. Pertaining to the things of God, uh, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Another name for the mercy seat was the place of propitiation. That was the place where blood was applied on the day of atonement when God would cover the sins of a people. But that just, that just was a picture of, an, of the Messiah coming and giving his life, the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. He, he, he gave his life. On the altar of the cross, on the mercy seat of the cross on earth. That was the mercy seat on earth. And his blood was shed. And then you remember when he rose from the dead and uh, he told Mary, he said, you can't touch me just yet. He had to go and apply his blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And he, he applied the blood once and done. Your sins, everybody's sins have been paid for in full in the name of Jesus. Because mercy flows out of his presence. Our God is full of mercy. And he desires to speak with you and to meet with you out of his mercy. You know, you can make an appointment to, for God's mercy today. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. We can make an appointment to meet with God's mercy. Hebrews 4, uh, 16, it says this, let us, 
He's talking to us, isn't he? He's talking to believers. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. How are you supposed to come? Boldly. What does that mean? You come with confidence in what Jesus has done. That's the boldness that he's talking about. Because of Jesus, he gave his life. He shed his blood. He rose from the dead. That gave you the invitation to come into the Holy of Holies. Let us, therefore, come into the Holy of Holies to the throne, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? And find what? When? Whenever you need it. You can come in and you can obtain mercy and find grace anytime you need it. You can go to the throne because of what Jesus has done. And you come boldly. You come with confidence knowing that Jesus did it for you and you are a beneficiary. You know, my father, uh, he was an insurance agent for 34 years. And uh, we're well covered. Amen? Now, I know that my father has life insurance. We have life insurance. I have a life insurance policy on me as a key man policy. If anything happens to me, it goes to the church. Right? Does anybody who is a beneficiary feel bad about receiving the benefits that have been legally transferred to them when a person dies? No. You, you feel glad. Right? You want to rejoice. Thank you for making me a beneficiary. No one feels bad. I mean, they might feel bad about how they got, to, how they got the, the, the benefits, right? Because the person died. But you don't, what I'm saying is you don't feel bad about the benefits themselves, right? You're glad to know. You're glad to find out. I've been a beneficiary, and I'm going to receive what's been given to me. Hallelujah. And we've got to receive God's mercy. So make, make an appointment to meet with mercy today. You can go there anytime. All right. I'm going to read this from Numbers uh, 7:89. You don't have to turn there, but it says, "Now when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat." Whoo! God puts His personal touch and guarantee on the mercy that He offers us. He heard a voice speaking from the mercy seat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And uh, God will speak to you. You know, the Bible says in order, we should be merciful and we should show mercy. But in order for us to show mercy, we have to understand what mercy is. Right? Thank God that you came to VCF today. Because you're going to find this out. All right? Go to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 17. Must be something about verse 17. All the Hebrews, Exodus, all verse 17. Exodus 33, verse 17. It says, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Did you know that mercy comes out of a relationship with God? 
What, did, what was Moses asking? He was asking to see God's glory. He was asking God, did you know that if you want mercy, you can ask for it? It comes easily. Amen? If, if you're in a place or a moment in time when you need mercy, you just have to ask God for it, and he will give it to you. No questions asked. All right? Because had, Moses had a relationship with God. Right? He said, uh, uh, you have found grace in my sight. Well, where do we find grace? It's at the throne of God. See, if you're someone who frequently visits the throne, God's going to say, you found grace in my sight because grace is found at the throne of God. You know, Noah found grace in God's sight. He was the only one on the planet that found grace in God's sight. Right? Because he frequented uh, the presence of God. He knew how to talk with God, communicate with God. All right? And then Moses asked in verse 18, please show me your glory. Wow, what a question. Will God actually show you his glory? Yes. Verse 19, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. God's goodness is his mercy. Guess what? Right now, today, you got all of God's goodness passing before you. It's not behind you, pushing you. It's going before you, leading you. Hallelujah. David wrote, he said, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Goodness is God's mercy. I will make my goodness pass before you. What, what do you say when God's goodness passes before you? You go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. His name communicates mercy. All right? And he said, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, you're, you're reading that, and someone's saying, what about me? You qualify as long as you put your trust in God. Amen? See, there's an abundance of mercy available, but there's only a select few that are coming to the table and partaking of it. You know, if you plan a party and you want to know how many guests are coming, let's say you plan for 150 guests, right? And you send out 150 invitations, right? And only 110 show up, right? So you got 110 that responded to the invitation, that came to celebrate the party, but you got 40 that didn't come, right? They don't get to partake of the benefit, although they were invited to. Many people are, are invited to take, partake of salvation. Everybody's been invited to be saved. God wants everybody saved. He said, it's not my will that any man should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. But if we don't come, we don't get to eat the food. We don't get to celebrate in the, in the, in the party that they're celebrating, right? And when you talk to the people who were there, you're going to wish you were there. How many know people are going to wish that they got on board with Jesus' plan? Who haven't gotten on, on board with his plan yet. I bet you know some people that haven't gotten on board with, with Jesus' plan yet. Well, what, what can I do? You can love them. 
You can uh, be a blessing to them, and you can tell them. Amen? Say, oh, you ought to come to this party. Right? This is the best party you've ever been to, right? When you enjoy something, and it's good, and it blesses you, don't you tell someone else about it? Well, has God been good to you? Has he blessed you? We should have no problem telling others about him. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. And uh, verse 20. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. You know, mercy will protect you from harm. Okay? And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. (laughs) You know, God will set you up to get a glimpse, but he'll make sure that you're not harmed in any way. That's how good God is. He set Moses up. He gave him a skybox in the giant center. And he was able to see the game in comfort, right? He was able to look on the glory of God and see what he could see, what God was, was able to show him where he wouldn't explode. You know, I mean, really, if anybody touched the ark of God that wasn't the high priest or someone designated to carry it, they got zapped, Right? No one wants to get zapped by God. So you've got to follow his protocol. But this, this just speaks of the mercy of God. Verse 22. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. God's given Moses a stiff arm so he, he, could, he could pass by. He's making sure that he's protected, he's safe, he's secure. But yet, he can, he can give him a glimpse of what he asked for. You know, God wants to give you what you ask for when it's in line with his will. Yes. It was in line with, Mo, with God's will for Moses to see his glory. But there were parameters of what Moses could see. You know, God didn't want Moses to explode and Moses didn't want to explode. Right? But that's what mercy will do. Mercy will give you access to the benefits and it won't harm you in any way. He'll protect you. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So mercy flows out of grace and compassion. Mercy is God's hand on you, covering you, and helping you. God's hand represents his power. Wherever it talks about his hand, that's his power coming on you. Everybody raise up your hand. Just give God a high five. Right? Hallelujah. So look at, look, go to chapter 34 and look at verse 6. Here's what the Lord did. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious. Say, merciful and gracious. Say it again. Hallelujah. No, he's he's not merciless. He's merciful. All right? Long-suffering. I'll tell you what. God's had to put up with some stuff from us. Amen? Now, thank God God's eternal, so he's not concerned about time. God's not saying it's about time because he's eternal. 
Sometimes we feel like that, right? Man, it took me a long time to get to God. But thank God that you got there. Doesn't matter how long time it took for you to get there. Thank God that you're there. That's the whole point. Whether you got there at a young age or got there at an older age, you got there. That's the main point. God, you got to God. You got to the Savior. You got to salvation. Hallelujah. All right? And then he says, uh, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Well, I'll tell you what. There is not going to be any shortage of mercy whatsoever. Mercy couldn't cover the, every person on the planet, all seven or eight billion of us, whatever there is now, and still have more than enough left over. We're, we are never going to tap God's supply of mercy out. He never has to go into the reserves to, to get some more, right? It's flowing constantly. It's fresh daily, glory to God. When you walked in here today, fresh mercy was available to you for any mistake or anything that you might have messed up. All right? And uh, verse uh, 7, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Let me tell you something. Someone who refuses to repent of a wrong done will not receive mercy. Just because God's merciful doesn't mean he clears the guilty. The guilty have to repent. The guilty have to turn to God. Amen? Yeah, we have to turn to God. And listen, turning to God is easy as 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you, not only to forgive and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Say he's faithful and just. And you get forgiveness and cleansing. God will give you a bath right there. Hallelujah. But you've got to confess your sins. If you sin. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin by no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. You know, sometimes our sins have uh, lasting consequences. Verse 8, Moses, so Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. How are you going to celebrate God's mercy? Worship. Amen? Give him thanks. Give him praise. Worship God celebrates his mercy. Right? When we come in here and sing in the morning, we're celebrating his mercy. Mercy needs to be celebrated. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. It relieves you of weights. It takes away burdens. It eliminates your debts. It gives you a second chance. Hallelujah. So Moses, after experiencing the mercy of God, he breaks into worship. Anytime that God does something good to you, you ought to worship. You ought to stop, drop, and pray. You know, when you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. But when, you, when, you, when, when God does something good to you, stop, drop, and pray. Amen? Just taking that moment to acknowledge God. Verse 9, and he said, if now I have found grace in your sight. Well, didn't God already say that? Yeah, he found grace in the sight. He said, uh, oh, Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are stiff-necked people. That's God's mercy. You know, God's mercy puts up with some stiff necks. Hallelujah. Now, I know when 
here has never had a stiff neck. <laughs> Glory to God. Here are some things that are, are attached to mercy. Things that are attached to mercy. You know, if you're on the $100,000 pyramid, this would be a category. Things attached to mercy. Right? Compassion. Grace or gr- being gracious. Slow to anger. Everybody say slow to anger. You know, God doesn't get ticked off easily, but he doesn't get ticked off. But it doesn't, it's not easily. He's slow to anger. All right? Abounding loving kindness. That's a mouthful. Abounding loving kindness. I see like loving kindness like a kangaroo and hopping, abounding, right? <laughs> Truth is another thing that's attached with mercy. It, 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 it works in conjunction with these things, with truth. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Uh, loving kindness for thousands. Forgiveness of iniquity and transgressions. Hallelujah. All those things are associated or attached with mercy. Okay? Uh, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And let's look at how Paul, the apostle, received mercy. First Timothy chapter one and uh let's go to uh verse twelve. First Timothy chapter yeah, first Timothy chapter one verse twelve. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy. Oh, my goodness. Say, he obtained mercy. Mercy is available to the worst of sinners, to the baddest of the bad. You know, even bad Leroy Jones. He was meaner than a junkyard dog. But even he could find mercy. Mercy is available. It doesn't matter how bad you were or the things that you've done. There's enough mercy to get you out of that mess and to make things right. Paul was a blasphemer, but yet he found mercy. He said, because I did it ignorantly. You know, when we're stuck in sin, we do ignorant things because we don't know. Sin makes people stupid. And we've all been there because we've all done stupid things. Because we had that sin nature. We were bound by sin. And even and we, we couldn't buy our way out. We couldn't be good enough to get our way out. We had to have a Savior to come in and to get us out. That was the only way to get us out. But Paul, and then he says in verse 14, and the the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Everybody say exceedingly abundant. Listen, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace is greater than sin. Grace will always triumph over sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Paul obtained mercy. And then he says in verse uh, 
15, he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul thought he was the chiefest of sinners, yet God was able to save the chief sinner. Can you say amen? If he can save, if he can save the chief sinner, he can save us. And then verse 16, however, for this reason, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Did you know Jesus was waiting for Paul to, to turn his life around, but he wasn't turning his life around. So Jesus had to intervene when Paul was on his way to Damascus. That's when the mercy, that's when God met him from the mercy seat. Jesus got off the mercy seat and he showed up where Paul was and he introduced him to mercy. And that's when Paul's life changed. When he had a, a, that divine encounter. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and let's see the mercy that we've received. Hallelujah. If it's good for Paul, it's good for us. Amen? Amen? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. 1 Peter 2.10. He said, who were once, who once were not a people, but now the people of God. There was a time when we were not people of God because we didn't know God. We were without God, right? You remember those days? No, I don't remember those days. That's, that's when the dead man lived. I mean, no, I'm dead. I'm, that man's dead. I'm a new man in Christ, right? Okay? So there was a time when we didn't know God. We weren't the people of God. Who had who have not obtained mercy, but now. Everybody say, but now. What does that mean? But now we have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Why? We had a visitation from the mercy seat. We heard a voice from the mercy seat. We heard the voice of Jesus calling us to himself, saying, come out of the darkness. Come out of your mess. Come unto me, and I'll give you living water. I'll bless your life. I'll touch you. I'll show you what you were meant to be. Hallelujah. Thank God we heard that voice, and we obtained mercy. Verse 11. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against your soul. Now that you, you have obtained mercy, you got to live like Jesus. Don't waste his mercy in vain. Don't cheapen the gift that God has given us. He spent a lot to save you and to save me. He invested the best that he had. His only son, Jesus, because he was confident in the fruit that would come as that seed fell to the ground and died. Hallelujah. So let's take the mercy that we've received and let's live for Jesus. Let's live holy. Let's live righteous. Let's walk uprightly. Let's walk in the light. Let's walk in truth. Let's walk in love. If God is willing to invest his mercy into us, let's, make it, let's give him a good return on his investment by giving us our lives. Amen? And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter at what time your journey with God starts. Wherever, however old you were, when you met the Lord, you start from where you are and you start living for Jesus. Amen? Every day. 
Hallelujah. So we've received mercy. Let's go to the book of Titus chapter 3. This might cause shouting in a good way. Titus chapter 3. And uh, look at verse 4. Oh, hallelujah. This is powerful. But when the kindness and the, this is Titus 3, 4. When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward us appeared, toward man appeared. When did his kindness and love appear to us? In the form of Jesus. When Jesus was born in that manger to the Virgin Mary, that's when mercy and kindness and love appeared toward mankind. Hallelujah. God wrapped up all of his love in Jesus. He put his love in someone that we could hug, that we could talk to, that we could hold to. He put his, he put his love in Jesus. He put all his promises in Jesus. All of his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything, everything good of God was put in Jesus. He's the head. He's, he's the firstborn. Hallelujah. Jesus. My goodness. Then he goes on to say, verse 5, Titus 3. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. There wasn't one thing that anybody could do to get saved other than trust in Jesus. There wasn't anything that we could do on our own. We had to put our trust in someone else because salvation is a gift. Then he goes on to say, uh, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Oh, hallelujah. When God saved you, he never brought one drop or iota of your past up. He just said, come to me now. He never said how, what kind of a person you were. He just said, I accept you because you've come to me. He never, he, he, the past was done. And the moment you invited him into your heart, you became a new, a new creature. Hallelujah. Because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit, he put a generator in us and we got regenerated. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for his promises. I didn't intend to be so riled up today, but this is good. Whom he poured out on us in trickles. It wasn't trickles. Was it drops? Was it a little dabble, do you? What was it? Everybody say abundance. He poured out in abundance. He lavished his love on us. I mean, listen, you just won the championship game, and it's not taking the Gatorade Kool-Aid and pouring it over the coach. That's too little. This is abundance. Amen? I'm telling you, God dumped a load of mercy on you. Hallelujah. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, thus having been justified. Everybody say, having been justified. That's past tense. 
When did your justification take place? On the cross. That's when the deal was done. That's when the, the debt was paid. That's when it was signed, sealed, and delivered. On the, at the cross. Hallelujah. We having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's walk and live like heirs of eternal life. Say, I just inherited eternal life. Think about that. Let's walk like that. Not eternal sadness. Not eternal death. But we are heirs of eternal life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Go to Psalm 5-7. Let me tell you another thing that mercy is. Glory to God. You know, when you can understand what mercy is, you can show it more. Psalm chapter 5 and verse 7. It says this, Psalm 5 verse 7, But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Mercy is an entrance to the goodness of God. You enter into God's goodness, his forgiveness, his love through mercy. Hallelujah. See, we already, had a, we already have a great high priest that has passed through the heavens. And he offered his blood on the mercy seat. And his blood was the representative of all mankind. He reversed the curse that was on Adam. He, he, oh, what Adam lost, Jesus won. What Adam gave up, Jesus recovered, hallelujah. Because he put his blood on the mercy seat. We have the mercy of God that has been abounding toward us. We are loaded with mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's an entrance into his goodness. It's his mercy is what causes us to be born again. When you got born again, you never heard God say, you bad boy, you bad girl. Never did he say that. He just said, welcome. You know, the Bible says in Revelation, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, if anyone will open the door, I'll come in and we'll eat together. Hallelujah. How many want to eat with Jesus? Well, open the door. Amen? Don't just let him keep knocking and open that door. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay? How can we access it? What is mercy and how can we access it? Hallelujah. Mm. Mercy is God's kindness. It's his absolute goodness. Does that get you excited? Absolute goodness. There's, there's nothing bad about mercy. Mercy will never leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Mercy is sweet. It's pleasant. It's wonderful. You've never tasted anything like mercy. It won't upset your stomach. It's good for every person. 
Hallelujah. And it's free. Hallelujah. It's God's absolute goodness and kindness. It's God's affection and love to you. How many know that we serve an affectionate God? He likes to show and demonstrate his love. That ought to be a lesson to us. When we love someone, we ought to show and demonstrate our love for them. Amen? And uh, mercy is the redemption from our enemies and troubles. Mercy will protect you, but it will wipe out your enemy against you. Mercy is the weapon formed against you that doesn't prosper. That's what mercy is. doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to take a weapon and aim it at you, but it's going to misfire. The The misfiring of the weapon against you is the mercy. It's God's hand blocking that from firing, from coming at you. Amen? That's what mercy is. All right? Mercy is the quickening of spiritual life. Quickening means make alive. Right? Mercy is the redemption from sin. Sin devalued you, but God added value to you. God saw the value in you, and he purchased you. We are the blood-bought church. We have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. No other transaction on the planet has been purchased by blood, but we have. That's how much God loves us. Mercy, it coincides with keeping God's covenant. When you break his covenant, you open yourself up for his judgment. But if you repent for breaking the covenant, he shows you mercy. When Adam sinned in the garden, the instructions were very clear. God said, I've given you all these trees all these seed-bearing plants for food. You can eat from any tree as much as you want. Everybody say as much as you want. God put no limit. He put no restriction on Adam except don't eat from this tree. Because if you eat of this tree, you will die. So Adam had that instruction. But there was another voice that came in the garden. It was the voice of a serpent. And the voice of the serpent was a deceptive voice. It was a lying voice, right? So we know the story. Uh, Eve took of the fruit that the serpent suggested she have. She saw that it was good for food. Uh, She saw that it would make her wise. And she saw that it was pleasing. So she ate and she took of the fruit and gave it to her husband who was right there. He should have said, no, stop the process. Stop. No, this isn't right. But he didn't. He just took the fruit. And now he experienced death, but he didn't know that he was dead. Now, he didn't die physically. He still was breathing. He still was walking. But now he was separated from the life of God. And when God came in the garden in the cool of the day, and he was, he was saying, Adam, where are you? It, did, it wasn't that God didn't know where he was. 
God knew exactly where he was, but he was giving him an opportunity to accept responsibility so that he could have mercy. And he wouldn't get judgment. Because James tells us, in the book of James, it says mercy triumphs over judgment. And before judgment comes, God will always offer mercy. He'll always give you an opportunity to accept his mercy so that you won't have to have the judgment. But what did Adam do? He didn't take responsibility for his own actions. He got the blame shift anointing. Well, I wouldn't call that an anointing. He said, the woman that you gave me, he's basically blaming God. But when God was calling out to him, that was an opportunity for Adam. He could have said, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. I ate of that tree. He said nothing of the sort. He didn't take any responsibility for his actions. But now he got severe consequences. Because Adam was the representative of the entire humanity. Because Adam sinned, his sin now fell on everybody that was born after him. Because he was the representative of humanity. So what the consequences that happened to Adam happened to everyone. And so now we were born in to sin. We, everybody who was born after Adam was born with a sin nature. But God knew what he was going to do. He was going to crush the head of the serpent. He was going to destroy his authority. The serpent would only get, get his heel. But God would have the last word. And God sent his son Jesus for the propitiation of our sins. He took the sin of the entire world upon himself on the cross. And he, only, he, he didn't take it past the cross. He nailed that sin to the cross. And he, he died. He shed his blood. His blood covered the sin. His blood was applied on the mercy seat. And now grace and forgiveness has been made available to us. Hallelujah. So, uh, glory to God. Mercy is abundant. It's plentiful. It's, it's, it's forever. Hallelujah. There's never going to be a shortage of mercy. Um, go to Psalms chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 11. Are you doing all right? Okay. I got to shift gears here in just a minute. Psalm 40 and verse 11. It says this. I'm in 39. Here we go. Psalm 40 and verse 11. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. You know, that's someone who had made a mistake and they're crying out for mercy. You know what? When David sinned, you could read the prayer that he prayed in Psalm 51. He said, Lord, take not your mercy from me. Don't let your Holy Spirit depart from me. He he cried out to God. All right? So, do not withhold your tender mercy. Or, yeah, verse 11. I'm sorry. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. Mercy is a preserver. It preserves life. If you want to be kept on the straight and narrow path, you're going to need mercy. How often are you going to need it? How often is it new? Every day. Right? Okay. So mercy is a preservative. Um, mm. mercy 
is a healer. You know, mercy won't abandon you in rough, dry, or barren times. That's when you need mercy the most. If you're experiencing a dry spell or a rough time or you feel like you're in a barren place, that's when mercy, you call out for mercy and mercy will come and deliver you out of that. He'll bring you a way out. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, all right. Go to. Uh, mm. oh, there's so much. Um, go to Psalm 79 and then we're going to go to the New Testament. Psalm 79, verse 8. Psalm 79, verse 8. This is powerful. Everybody say, thank God for mercy. Psalm 79, verse 8. It says, oh, do not remember former iniquities against us. Let your tender mercies... Come speedily to meet us, for we have been brought very low. How many's ever experienced a low point in life? You know, when you're at your lowest point, mercy is the greatest in operation. When you're at your lowest point, that's when you need to call out to God and ask Him for His mercy, and mercy will come. He'll deliver. He'll, mercy is a lifter. It'll lift you out of low points. It'll bring you through the valley. Even though you go through the fire, you won't be burned. If you go through the waters, you won't be overwhelmed. That's mercy. Amen? Mercy showed up in the fire with the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mercy showed up. What was mercy doing? It was the flame retardant material that kept them from burning. It was the comfort that they got in the midst of the fire. Amen? It, 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 was, it was the victory that brought them out of the fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. I'm telling you, that's the power of mercy. Mercy will protect you. Mercy will keep you. You won't even tell that the effects of sin were on you because mercy wipes it out. They, didn't even, they couldn't even smell like they'd been in a fire. That's mercy. Mercy showed up and like, woo, we're having a mercy party in the, in the furnace. Glory to God. The king said, where'd that fourth man come from? He looks like the son of God. Yeah, mercy showed up in the darkest hour. Mercy showed up in the jail of Philippi when they began to praise God and, and sing praises at the midnight hour. Mercy came in that jail and shook everything up. What did it do? It d- brought deliverance to Paul and Silas. They knew how to access the mercy through praise and through worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9. Mercy cleans your heart. If you need a good cleaning, hire mercy. (laughs) Hallelujah. It cleans your heart. Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to look at uh, verse 27 here. Whoo! Thank God for the mercy that's here today. If, you, if you've been in a low point this week, you're about to get higher. If you've been hurting, you're about to be healed. If you've been tormented, you're about to be delivered. Hallelujah. 
today. Why? That's what mercy does. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed there, two blind men followed him. I think that's amazing in itself. How did the blind men follow him? That's, that's a miracle already, glory to God. Crying out, saying, Son of David, have what? On what? What did they do? They cried out. Mercy was there, but they had to access it with their voice. They had to cry out for mercy. Why? The high priest was there, Jesus. If they'd have cried out, would mercy have come to them? No. Mercy would have passed them by. Because you have to access mercy by faith. Which means you have to take some form of action. Because faith is an action word. So, these blind men, and verse 28, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. That's another miracle. How did the blind men come to him in the house? I mean, obviously someone was leading them because it doesn't say that though, but you know what I'm saying. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Why would Jesus ask someone who's crying out for mercy if they believed in him, that he was able to do it, that he had the ability to do it? Because God wants to see your faith. God wants to hear your faith. Amen? And uh, notice their answer. They didn't just say yes. They said yes who? They recognized him as the source of mercy. See, mercy brings healing. It brings relief from pain. It brings uh, peace in trouble. Okay? What were these blind, what was the problem with these blind men? They're blind. They can't see. Right? Think for a moment right now if you did not have the ability to see. First of all, you wouldn't be able to drive here. Right? You wouldn't be able to, uh, to work. You wouldn't be able to cook. You wouldn't be able to do the things that you, you, you could normally do. Right? But... Guess what? This is why Jesus came. He came to this earth because sin brought problems. Jesus brought the answer. Sin made a mess. Jesus cleaned it up. They said, yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes. That's what mercy does. Mercy touches your need so that your need is no longer a need. It's met because he meets our needs according to his riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Say that. Say, Jesus meets my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So he meets your needs. Whatever need you have, Jesus can meet it. Mercy can meet it. Why? Because mercy abounds. Mercy is abundant. Oh, glory to God. According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. I want you to see something. Jesus is always willing to give mercy, but it comes to those 
who go after it, who access it. They could have let it. They could have let them pass it by, right? But uh, they didn't let them pass it by. They cried out. Son of David is a form of uh, because David was given perpetual mercy. Why? God told David that there's going to be a man on the throne from his lineage forever, and Jesus is a descendant of David. So God fulfilled that. Hallelujah. How many would like some perpetual mercy? How, how long did, Dave, did David say mercy, goodness and mercy will follow him? All the days of his life. That's a long time, isn't it? You know, there's another Bible verse that says mercy goes from generation to generation. Woo, glory to God. When's this mercy going to end? Never. You'll never get to the end of it. Hallelujah. Listen, you can experience mercy every day, every hour of every day. Hallelujah. So these blind men, they accessed mercy. And uh, it, mercy brings healing. The lepers cried out for mercy. The Syrophoenician woman cried out for mercy. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus cried out for mercy. Guess what? Everybody who cries out for mercy gets it. You mean it's that easy? Yes. It's easier than using your smartphone. Hallelujah. So mercy is a very powerful thing that God has given to us. All right, let's finish. Let's go to the book of Jude, and then I'm done. I've given you a lot of things about mercy. The book of Jude only has one chapter right before Revelation. Go to Revelation and take a left. Hallelujah. Look at um, verse 20, Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, how can you energize your faith? Praying in the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Spirit, and praying in tongues. That is one way that energizes, charges, enlivens your faith. Amen? How many want strong faith? Well, you've got to build your faith up. And, and one way to do that, there's many ways. You could read the Word. You could pray. Uh, but praying in tongues, he said, building up yourselves, brethren, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Why, why did the Bible say keep yourselves in the love of God? Because you could get out of love. You could leave love. What, what did uh, the, uh, he wrote to one of the churches in Revelation? You have left your what? Your first love. Love could be left. So you got to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because he regenerates you, he renews you, and he, uh, he saves you by the washing of the regeneration, right? So keep yourselves in the love of God. Look at your neighbor and say, keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to always be looking out for the mercy. Right? Unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire, 
even the garment defiled by the flesh, he's, uh, th- that phrase, on some have compassion, on some exercise mercy. Some people need mercy to come in. Some people need to be pulled from the fire. Because they're, they're at the end, and, and they need to be rescued quickly. Right? And then he says, verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Glory to God. Mercy is able to keep you from stumbling, but you've got to keep yourself in the love of God. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Right? And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. There's going to come a day when Jesus is going to present us to the Father. And it's going to be a joyful time. Hey, Father, I brought this one in. Hey, Father, I brought this one in. I brought him in. I brought her in. It's going to be an exceeding joyful time. Hallelujah. But we got to enjoy the benefits of mercy. Mercy is so wonderful. So incredible. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, neither one of us, no one here would be here today. But because of the mercy, oh, let mercy get a hold of your heart. Let mercy get a hold of your life. And when you receive mercy, celebrate it by living for Jesus. Is there anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus? I think everybody here does. But if you don't know Jesus... Man, today would be a great day. I would love to introduce you to my best friend, Jesus. He loves you. He just wants a relationship with you. I think everybody here is saved, but maybe you need mercy in your life today. Maybe you came in, you were at a low point. Maybe you need healing in your body, right? We've had communion. There's healing in communion. There's healing in the Word. There's healing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Maybe you uh, you, you just need mercy to touch you. Hallelujah. And to lift you up and to strengthen you. Whatever you need mercy to do, it's here, it's available, it's ready, and it's able to do what you need done. Mercy can handle it. Mercy can accomplish it. So if you need to be touched by mercy today, I want you just to invite you to come up and I will pray with you. And I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will touch you. Amen. Coming up here is you crying out for mercy. I want you to see mercy as a hand. 